Good morning, good morning, good morning. Driving into work today on the beautiful Florida Turnpike, I scrolled through my Apple podcast and I said, I really want to hear something about these games last night. LSU against Colorado, Ohio State, Southern Cal, Notre Dame against South Carolina. I scroll through, I scroll through, I scroll through, I see nothing there. So I said to myself, I have 20 to 30 minutes unadulterated here on the way to work. Hopefully my voice quality is good enough. We'll find out if this is all in vain after the fact, but there is no outtakes and cuts and editing. It'll just be straight from the hip here today. So we can let's go hit those three games and then some overarching thoughts. First up, uh, from my office yesterday at 2 o'clock, just as school day was ending, we, we started watching Ohio State versus Southern Cal. Uh, two teams that are semi-retooled. Ohio State lost their shooter and Taylor Mikesell to the draft last year. One of those 5th, 6th, 7th year senior type players who had been across the country, coast to coast. Oregon, Maryland, then Ohio State. Ohio State, the last time we saw them, they lost in the Elite Eight um, after beating UConn and had a really good season. A lot of people had them, you know, top 5 to 10 in the country. Um, They play Southern Cal with... uh, the freshman phenom Juju Watkins. Watkins has a huge day, 32 points. Sort of pinned around Ivy League transfers who know how to play and did a great job getting her the ball. Ohio State plays that pressing, really aggressive style, and Watkins just kept in attack mode. Shot something like, you know, 12 or 13 for 16 from the field. Only shot like two threes. Um, didn't shoot it great from the three-point line. Maybe it was four threes, but... You know, you could tell that she was in attack mode, got to the rim, and then USC sat there in a zone without Mike Soul at Ohio State. And it was a rough day for Celeste Taylor, Taylor opening her Buckeye career after coming from Duke, another player who's been at three places, started at Texas, then to Duke, ACC Defensive Player of the Year last year, and then at Ohio State went one for eight. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see the dynamic shift between, you know, J.C. Shelton, who missed a lot of last year, and Taylor Mikesell versus Taylor and J.C. Shelton. Both are kind of facilitators with the ball. You know, when they when they score it, they're always in like a, you know, dribble to score instead of just a catch and shoot. And, and Taylor kind of was like that yesterday. Shelton had a monster game of 28, but that's really all that got going. I, I'm going to say her name wrong, but the post for Southern Cal, she kind of she was playing during the pandemic in club, and you know Southern Cal hadn't been relevant for a minute, and she had a monster day. She was the best front court player on the floor, last name Marshall. But Southern Cal looked really good. Now, I, you know, you wondered yourself if Southern Cal had sat in the zone, or my bad, Ohio State had sat in the zone, and Southern Cal had pressed them all over the floor. Would the, role, the result just have been different? And you know, Ohio State rolls in and says, "Hey, we're going to play this type of way." And because of that, you know, you know, Juju just gets at the rim. They put up, you know, 80-plus points, and Ohio State loses. Ohio State had a lead going in the fourth, but they just took so much to come back. They didn't have enough to get over the hump and really put them out. And the press was, I would say, semi-effective. I guess when you get down by 20, it can't be that effective. But, you know, it also was effective in getting them back, down, back up after being down by 20 because typically you can't do that. Um, how good's USC? I don't know. The Pac-12's good, right? Like the last year of the Pac-12 is good. 
Um, is Juju going to score 32 every night? I don't know. I thought Taylor Bigsby had a good day off the bench as well. Mackenzie Forbes, two good players. Um, you know, but, you know, you know, USC, I think, will be good. I think the big thing for women's college basketball is because of this win, you're going to be able to see USC on TV a little bit more despite the fact this game tipped off at like 11 a.m., you know, whatever, West Coast Mountain Time. Um, they're going to have to figure out the scheduling thing because I think everybody wants to see Juju. I'm not sure everybody wants to see her at uh, 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. So, you know, for Ohio State, I think, you know, for people who are arguing, and I was one of those people that, you know, Ohio State was probably better than Iowa. Uh, I guess that argument's kind of out the window for a little while. Um, you know, it's really scary if you're Ohio State as you see uh, Southern Cal sit in that zone. They still scored 70-some-odd points, a lot more off the press than in the half court. You know, you could tell they were really running a lot of stuff, but because of the zone, um, you just wonder how effective, you know, they're going to be if they see the zone all year and they don't shoot it that well. It's going to give some people like Southern Cal, who just aren't as good as them, um, a chance to beat them. So that's kind of my take. I'd say Ohio State, um, you know, still locked in at like two in the Big Ten, um, you know, top 10 15 program didn't look like a final four team tonight and again i think you know for this team you know a final four is really what what the hope and expectation is um southern cal's athletic they're experienced with all those transfers so maybe in the big 10 where there's just not as good of athletes maybe they just run the press on them but you know we i hear on tv you know this is one of the best years ever at the sec and sec teams are really going to attack that press and then you know play some zone so uh, the next game we kind of ran at the same time and you know part of it is i never actually seen a game on true tv a women's basketball game on true tv it's usually the one time of the year you download it to watch the men's tournament on your uh you find the app and you try to figure out if you have the subscription to that and if you do great if not you're trying to find somebody else's password but you know watch a little true tv ohio state southern cal and moved over to espn for Notre Dame and South Carolina in Paris. Um, setup in Paris looked good. You know, I thought that was that was really cool. Um, you know, I don't know what the attendance was like, and but on TV it looked good, right? Uh, South Carolina undervalued to start the year. Um, you know, I'm like ranked tenth in the country or something like that, and they come out and they just beat the brakes off of Notre Dame like thirty piece. And you know, Notre Dame had a lot of. You know, there's there's some things you can feel good about for Notre Dame. I mean, obviously, Hannah Hidalgo looks like, you know, if, if she's not the guard, one of the guards uh, in the 23 class is really going to, you know, bridge the gap between Olivia Miles' injury and, and possibly the, the conference schedule. And, you know, you think to yourself, how do they play together? But, you know, they're, they're going to play together because, you know, no one else really is, is that good at, at Notre Dame. Um but Notre Dame, I think, is a good team, too, like Ohio State. Uh, I probably put Ohio State ahead of them just because they're older and, and they don't have miles coming off the injury. But, you know, South Carolina, you know, there's so much to take away from that game. Number one is, you know, Pow Pow from Oregon. Um, you know, I, I when I watched Zaya Cook the last couple of years, Zaya Cook never felt like a point guard to me, always felt like someone playing off the ball, like – they were pushing her into being something that maybe she wasn't. And, and you know, maybe that's why they don't win the national title last year. Maybe it's just me and me watching Zaya cook for 10 years. But now you have Pow Pow, who's a point guard. You get Raven Johnson, who really wants to pass the ball. Both of them finished with six or seven assists yesterday. 
and you know they're just feeding all these big athletes and then Camila Cardoza I mean you know someone will get mad at this Camila Cardoza she better than Leah Boston already like I mean part of me really thinks that um and now that it's less clogged around the basket you know you're gonna see how good she is she I mean based on what we watched last night is she the number one pick in the draft possibly and then you know you finally have like you know the Sanaya Fegans of the world you know getting into double figures you know I I think when it's going to be interesting to see if when and if South Carolina gets in a close game like we saw sort of like a glimpse of what everybody had seen in the shoe circuit on Malaysia Fulwiley last night and she was really good, really flashy. And for every, you know, you know, 10 for 14 game, she's going to have a 5 for 20 game. And, you know, Don Staley as a guard knows about that. How, what's, what's the sort of ability for Full Wiley to play like that the whole season? What's the ability for Full Wiley to play like that in a close, tough game? Because I, I just... I felt like when Full Wiley signed at South Carolina, that was just going to be the issue. At some point, like, she was going to be flashy. They were going to get caught in tough games. I don't know if Don Staley is willing to lose a game for Full Wiley to be Full Wiley. And and also you have Pow Pow and you have, um, and you have Raven Johnson, who are, like, the sturdiest, best decision makers, not going to do crazy stuff in the world, but also the ceiling for somebody like Full Wiley is just so much higher. Um, you know, I mean, you saw how bad Zaya Cook on the ball versus and Raven Johnson off the ball looked at the end of the season when no one was being guarded. And now you got Pow Pow who can shoot it. Raven looks a lot more comfortable. She passes it well. There's less clogged around the basket. So Cardoza's just there with somebody smaller because everybody's smaller than her. Um, but South Carolina, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you thought like after the game, you're like, I mean, I, I don't know if. Notre Dame is as good as they were billed, but they still are, you know, slewed with the McDonald's All-Americans, and they're good. I don't know about 30 points, especially on a neutral floor. Like, South Carolina came in with a lot of focus. It was a close game for a little while, and then, you know, they just got grinded out by South Carolina. So, but I think you look at it today, you wake up today, and you're like, South Carolina, yeah, they're the best team in the SEC, and it's it's not close, um, but... It's a fluid season, especially with the portal and such. Um, so, you know, we kind of move into our night game, which was Colorado against LSU. You see, you know, everybody's trying to get the shock value that Colorado was going to beat LSU, but even those people really didn't believe that was going to happen. I watched a lot of the game. LSU and Colorado were kind of like, you know, neck and neck um, early, and then, you know, midway through the third into the fourth, Colorado made shots. LSU didn't. And, and you know it turned into at one point a 20 point game and then LSU kind of settled on losing by in the teens but you know it kind of like proves Kim Mulkey's point right like it'll be interesting with kids that have not been there that long how do they handle the adversity of losing uh how does like a kid like Morrow and Haley Van Lith who were didn't you know they left to come win and, and they're 0-1 how does that work because last year they didn't have that problem they started the year whatever you know 15 and 0 they, they crushed everybody in the non-conference they got to work a lot of stuff out I, I think the non-conference scheduling especially in the sec is is fake news from the standpoint like you're going to get tested in the sec so it doesn't matter and number two is like if you lose your team before you get to christmas then then you lose your team so you'd rather just sort of like get it right and spend some time with them and and, and save the adversity for later because it's coming instead of, you know, putting all your chips in the middle right now and cashing out. 
But if you look at LSU, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I didn't. I don't know Colorado's roster well. They shot it well. They have a lot of experience. J.R. Payne went from being the hot seat to the hot coach. I mean, you know, now that they're in the Big 12, they'll have a little bit more money. But, you know, if one of these, you know, blue blood elite jobs came open, she would be, you know, she would be front and center for it right now. Um, and, and Colorado Athletics should have enough money to hold on to her and, and do a good job. But they'll lose a lot to graduation this year. But it's a hot place to go. Um, but LSU, you know, they're starting Michaela Williams, Haley Van Lith, and Flauge Johnson, none of which are a true point guard. And I think what you saw yesterday was like, you know, three guards. The first look was to score. The second look was like to score again. And then the third look was like, oh, I guess I'll have to pass it. And LSU plays very open and freelance. They're trying to play around the post and, and you know, mismatches and stuff like that and let their stars be stars. But they struggle with that. And then, you know, Morrow comes in from DePaul. And she's, like, listed at 6'1". So how tall is she really? 5'11". And, you know, she shot, like, in the 20s last year, 20%-ish for three. And so she doesn't stretch the floor. And she's not 6'4", like LaDasia Williams. So now you have Reese, who's the taller of the two post players, but still smaller in the grand scheme of kids who play back to the basket at that level. And you got two undersized kids around the basket, <clears throat> and then you have three guards who, who want to score it. I thought Michaela Williams had a good game. Um, you know, Van Lith probably. You know, I mean, I, Jeff Wallace has got to be sitting there like, "Hey, we would be Colorado with Haley Van Lith," kind of chuckling to himself after beating Cincinnati. But you know, they're going to have to figure out you know who's the point guard and who's going to facilitate for this team because Alexis Morris is just a different type of kid. You know, Alexis Morris had so much adversity and different things that she had gone through like she was somebody who was just not going to be stopped and now you have you know van lith who you know was at louisville and did well um has a lot of hype you have michaela johnson or michaela williams who's a fantastic freshman but still a freshman and not a point guard and you have flousey johnson kind of played like batman to or robin to alexis morris last year and hit a bunch of shots um but you don't have a point guard. You're not that experienced anymore. And Van Lith is a shoot-first guard. Um, and, and, and honestly, it looks like she needs stuff to be run for. She's not just like, like I mean, how many times is she going to dribble before she shoots it? So up front, you got Reese, who's excellent. And I think she, you know, you know, she needs somebody of equal or better value there. And I think that Morrow, you know, clogs it up without really, like, demanding a lot of attention at the moment. Because, again, in the Big East, there aren't the 6'5 kids like they are in the SEC, the Big 12, all that other stuff. But I think LSU, it'll be – I don't know their schedule, but it'll be interesting to see, like, where they go from here and how many more tough games. Like, they need a reset after this game. And down the road, this could be, like, the best thing that ever happened to them because now Kim Mulkey can really get into them and say, hey, listen, you guys have been so focused on all these other things. Now it's time to focus on basketball. And if, if they do that and they really drill down and, and they work hard and, you know, I mean, there was just so much passion in and around that team last year. So many kids who hadn't done it. And I think it's hard to come off a championship team and championship season and do it again, even for, even for the players who've been there. And also there's some pressure, you know, with Del Rosario and Velez to play them a little bit. You saw them get in at the end. But there's some pressure to play them because if they don't play them, like they're, they're going to be in the portal too. Um, 
so there's pressure there. But, you know, if anybody can do it, it's Kim Mulkey. I, I don't think to – I mean, if they played a seven-game series against South Carolina today, they're probably losing. So, you know, I don't think anybody can doubt that. But by the end of the season, you know, the LSU guards ceiling-wise have more dyna- are more dynamic than the players at South Carolina. Um, they play a more of an open system. But, you know, I felt like Ohio State and LSU were teams who wanted to play fast. And then the other team played more fast, played faster against them, not more fast, but faster against them. And they just ended up on the heels of trying to get into this track meet where they were, got behind a whole bunch and got lapped. And you don't know, I mean, don't know why that happens. You don't know what's going on in the locker room and stuff like that. But you're going to see the, the moxie and, and the character of those teams. You have two great coaches there, but you're going to see what happens. Like sometimes just getting a bunch of transfers may not be better. And I think we're seeing a market correction on that. And that was kind of my one of my points was, you know, Hidalgo, Juju, moving off the the LSU game, but Hidalgo, Juju, and Michaela Williams really outperformed the transfers of the night, right? Like Michaela, Juju, um, and and Hidalgo, you know, I think it's like 18, 32, and 31 they go for. And you got, you know, if you're gonna say who are the best transfers out there on the floor yesterday, it's like Van Lith. It's Celeste Taylor and it's um, and it's uh, Morrow and, and they might have doubled them up point wise. So you know, I mean, for those who think that it's only a transfers world, <clears throat> that's not the case. And then also, you look at <clears throat> where where this is going, especially at the elite level. You know, I mean, this freshman class is looking pretty strong. So, anyways, that's those are my thoughts on the way into work today. We're not going to ramble just to ramble. We'll cut it off. It may be, this is maybe only my son who's sleeping is going to hear this, or maybe we'll get this somewhere where you can listen. But those are my thoughts on, on night one of women's college basketball.